About the Church podcast, episode number 122. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the about the church podcast my name is cliff ravenscraft i'm stephanie ravenscraft and my friends i am so excited to have my wife in the studio for this episode of the about the church podcast and maybe many more to come stephanie hello hey you know this is not family from the heart it's not and it's not an entertainment-based podcast, although I think that probably some of these discussions could get quite they entertaining. Could. They could. They but could. Uh, here we are on the About the Church podcast, you and I together. Yeah. And I, you you said that you think that you had maybe been in an episode previously. Not, um, yeah, like a long time ago, maybe. I don't know if it was about the church. I could just be thinking that, you know. It could have been any number of things we recorded together, honestly. Well, I'll tell you what. We are very delighted to be able to have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to do what we're going to do in this episode. It is a great privilege, a great honor to bring to you, with commentary added, (laughs) a series of sermons. A series of sermons on (gasps) money. Money. And this is not like any other sermon on money you have Mm -hmm. ever heard before in your life. I loved them because they're real. They're real. Absolutely. They're completely authentic. And you know what I love about them? Is that, uh, the, by the way, the, the, the series that we're going to be bringing to you is called Moneyology. It is. All right. And um, it's, it's coming from the Gathering Nashville, which is a, a gathering of believers that get together and do, do church together. Right. They, they are the church together, uh, led by their pastor, David H. Foster and his wife mm-hmm. as well, Paula Foster. And, and the cool thing here is that we got to know David and Paula before we heard this sermon series. Right. And we know that they live out these principles. Absolutely. And we know that, that you know, there, there's often times where, you know, sometimes if, if you want to achieve something in life, you, you look at other people who have achieved those things mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you kind of you kind of rub shoulders with them and, and, and you, you follow some of the things that they do. And that's that's how I find so much so many means to so many things that I do that find success is find other people who are doing it well and. And be around like-minded people, and absolutely. And the tight, and, and basically, this is a five-part series. I think. Stephanie? I think so. Um, where um, that sounds right. It, yeah. I think I think so. It's a five-part series titled Moneyology, and I'm just confirming this. Yes, it okay. is five. Stephanie and I have listened to four, the first four of the five of these sermons. Now, which means I'm even more excited to get to the fifth one. Yes, because we have not yet had a chance. Which is really pathetic because it's been, I think we listened to them in February. Yes, it was February <laughs> on our way back from our cruise. No, it was on our way back from, uh, from um, uh, PodCamp Pod Na- yeah, right. Nashville. Yep. And, um, but you know, life kind of got in the way, takes its, yeah, yeah. starts spinning and takes its, I talked to my best friend Sarah yesterday and she's like, how you do?" you know, I said, how are you doing? And she's not really feeling well. So she was, you know, telling me with, and then 
turned the conversation. She, she asked me how I was doing. I said, you know, I'm in my hamster wheel again. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> running in the motions. Nice. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, the, the title, he, he gave each of these sermons a title. And the first one, part one, is titled, How to Win at Life with Money. With Money. How Can to win at life with money. Yeah, but you're going to take your own, right? You're going to give me this back? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm not going to take my own. I okay. thought I no, just you don't like to, yeah, put you don't up have, a, a smoke no, no, no. signal and said, hey, I want to talk now. Yeah, that's cool. I need like one of those buzzers. You do. Oh, that would be so much fun. Sorry, only Dave, we still I'm had the buzz easy me button. in. Yes. So here, here's, the, here's what we're going to do. Originally, I had asked for permission from David to to actually take the sermons and just put them, you know, re- just record a little intro of what it is and just play the entire episode. And Stephanie and I were in the car the other day listening to an, another series of podcasts, which we're going to bring to you with commentary. We will. I can't and, wait to do that. And thankfully with permission. Did Not, I tell you I got permission? Did you? Yes. Yes, you did. Because you didn't tell, you didn't tell me you got permission, but you told me, you told Dave, you got permission. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> so I did make a mental, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so we, we've got so many things, but we were in the car the other day listening to this, uh, this podcast called Scandalous Freedom. And, and I, I said, Stephanie, I want, I want you to listen to this with me. I, I, I want us to, to, to take this in together. And she says, okay. And so we, we started to play the first episode and we got 15 minutes into it. But it took us about an hour to get 15 minutes into it. Because right. We, we kept, kept stopping and talking. Yeah. About what he was. About what yeah. he was saying. And I said, wouldn't this be a great way to cover content about the church if we had the permission to syndicate this content uh, with commentary? Now, the thing is, is we're going to give you links in the show notes to where you can go to atcpodcast.com. Again, that's atcpodcast.com. And once you get there, you're going to see this is episode number 122. Stephanie's not even paying attention to me I'm now. totally... This is episode number 122. And you can go and find the link to the original recording and unaltered. And listen to it minus the Ravenscrafts. That's correct. But uh, this, this is good stuff. And so what we're going to do is we're going to click play. It's a 34-minute sermon. We're hoping that we can get this thing done in under an hour. Right. That would be really cool if I'm we could sorry. do that. Can I just say what I'm yeah, laughing at real quick? Yep. Um, because chances are by the time we get to here uh-huh. in the thing, I'm not going to remember... But he, he talks about, um, I know this because I've listened and I'm looking at your notes, but in this sermon, he talks about there are typically two things that we're great at, you know, and if you do these things and, and don't concentrate on your weaknesses. Anyway, so you wrote on your notes, um, ignore the weak points and focus on the strengths. Do this and you won't have any time to fool around with the weak points. And I'm thinking, I'm really weak at doing the dishes. Nice. So if I just focus on my strengths. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I won't have time worry about the dishes i'm sorry anyway all right tangent so cool all right well we're just going to get on with it absolutely we're just going to get on with it this is good stuff uh we're going to play and whenever we either one of us feels led to just pause the recording and share some commentary we're just going to do that and it might even frustrate you we don't even know but this is what we feel led to do and it's what we're going to do and like i said we'll have links in the show notes for the original recording without us interrupting it so um david Take it away. I've been very excited about starting this brand new series called Moneyology, How to Win at Life with Money. 
God gives us four basic resources to live and make something of our lives. Think of this. You are here on purpose. Life has conspired to kill you before today, but it hasn't made it. Why? Because there is a God who wants you here in this moment, in this time, to contribute your song, your note, to make something big out of your life. I have, tell me you at least still hang on to the shred that that is true, that you were created out of love, that you are here to do something important in this world. To that task, calling, God has added four basic sources. He has given you relationships. He has given you time. You're here. Think of this. We are in this moment. This is our history, Right? He's given you talents. All of us in here have at least two basic fundamental things at which we can truly be great at. You will never be great at only the things you can be good at. Mm. Most Love of us that. spend way too much of our lives trying to shore up our strengths and I mean, our weaknesses and ignoring our strengths. Can I hear an amen? Because this is what we learn in church, right? Be good, be nice, be sweet, or go to hell, right? <laughs> beef up all of your, your weak points and ignore the tip of the spear. I want to tell you, ignore the weak points. Focus on the strong points and you, have, and you won't have any time to be fooling around over here on the weak points. Amen? Go over here and take your time, take the talent, the calling, take the resource, the relationships and that we're going to focus in this series on the fourth part of that, the resources, the money, the stuff of life, the way God puts into our life the things that enable us to make something important of our world. There are really six things you need to understand about money. I came up with this. I was sitting around a table. I think I've said this before. Uh, Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, and about 10 other guys were sitting around a table one day about a year ago, and we're just sitting there thinking about how good God had been to us. And we, uh, Dave started talking about how his ministry developed, and Dan, his, and the rest, some of the rest of us, Jeff Mosley, some of the other guys who are in music and other endeavors. And, and we all agreed that pretty much everything we learned about how to deal with money, we'd had to learn on our own. We didn't learn it at home. My parents never talked about money. Did yours? I mean, if they did, in a positive way, you ought to get down on your knees and thank God. The only thing my, my parents taught me about money is that, you know, you, it's, it's sin. The Bible says that, that money is the root of all evil, right? Oh, a bunch of rebels here. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, you or people who've yeah. listened in church. All right. So okay, um, I I really like that he touched on that. Yeah. Because I think about the only time money was ever brought up when I was a kid was number one, um, all the time to say that we didn't have any. Yeah. And um, and, and that puts that I mean that 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 it it puts a stress on on everyone. And the truth was we did, but there I there were a lot of us. <laughs> But I think about like thinking about that as a parent and, you know, to build this business took a great sacrifice of, of our, um, our family mm -hmm. and of our finances. And so in doing that, our oldest daughter who will be 12 in November 
is constantly concerned about money. Always, you know, um, needing new tap shoes or she'll kill me for saying this, a new brawl or, you know, um, she is terrified to ask for the things that she needs because there was so long that we went where we had to say no all the time, yep. you know? And so now that I'm able to say yes more often, um, I love that I can, to, can do that and, and to give her those things, but still teaching her that there's a difference between needs and wants, you know, some wants can be met, but not every want needs to be met. And um, so I, I just, I love that he touched on that. And it made me think about how, how we, because we don't really communicate about money in front of the kids. I mean, we do the business finances when they're at school and that's normally when we do, you know, the personal finances as well. So we're not really talking about money openly in the house, but they see how we're spending it and they see, you know, what we're doing with our money. Right. And I think that that is making a great impact right. on them. It is. And, and, and a couple of things, a couple of thoughts are in my mind here at this point is number one, perhaps maybe, you know, talking about money, having open family conversations about money and, and how we're doing and, and stuff like that. And, and, and to be honest with you, I've had a real struggle with money uh, for these years because, because I've always thought that, you know, I have to do this. I have to do that. Right. I have to do this. And obviously there's a lot of things that God's calling me to do to, to generate income. And, and, and I think that I've done them extremely well, but at, at the many points, there's been times when I feel like it's me doing everything. I'm making things happen. Right. And one of the things that we'll learn is that, that God's really the, our provider. Absolutely. You know, it's like, yeah, Cliff, that's fine. I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to provide for you and you can work yourself like that. But it's not the, it's not the plan I have for you. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not angry with you because you're working around the clock, but dude, you don't have to. Right. I love you. And if you just let me, I'll take care <laughs> of you. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, and, and I'd rather you spend some time and invest it in your family. Another thing real quickly about the money uh, being a bad thing, I, coming from a church background myself mm-hmm. and I, and I, I was heaven, heavily indoctrinated in, 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 in churchiology, um, in, in churchism, <laughs> churchism. You know, uh, and and so, um, you know, m- money is the root of all evil. Obviously, I- I'm so glad that there were people that were there that morning that said, yeah, no, that's no, not that's scriptural. Right. It's the, it's the uh, love of money. The love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. And, and, and what happens is there are often times that that we place God uh, as second fiddle and money is our God. Right. You know, that, that money is our provider of things. Money is the provider of happiness. Money is the per- we pursue money. Like crazy, and, and boy, looking back at my life, just the last couple of years, I mean, now do I? Why was I pursuing money for a good cause many times so that I could provide for my family? But man, I spent a whole lot more time pursuing money than I did pursuing God. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I spent a lot more time loving the money that I was earning than I did loving the God that that loves me. Right. Does that make sense? Right. And so, so the, those are the roots of all evil. Well, it's I think not that, money's bad. Right. That's, and that's what we're going to learn. Absolutely. But um, to, to go along with that, you know, we're, um, we're in this place now where you are having more margin and you are having, you know, more balance. And, and now there, you're, you're feeling like you've lost something. And you even said to me at lunch how, um, and th- this was at lunch today, but we're talking about our daughter's almost 12 and we're getting into teenage attitudes, you know, not wanting to spend time with the family and, and all these things. 
And so you even asked me at lunch, how can I reclaim my reclaim daughter? Reclaim were the words that you used, reclaimed. And and so I was just like, in, you spent all of these years pursuing that money when we should have been, pers- not we. When I should <laughs> have so, been pursuing pers- my family. Pursuing our, yeah. Yeah. You were working to provide for us and that I mean we understand and And that's and, how that's the only in, way I knew to show love is to provide to provide to provide. Right. And um and honestly that that's a lot of what you saw growing up, you know. And yep. and so it's taking what it's taking what were our learned traits and taking what are our known truths and and finding right the way Am I making any sense? You're at making all? perfect sense, but I okay. think we should get back Absolutely. to David now, so so that we can get through. Can you believe we we still got 31 minutes of this thing left? So let's go. Which is kind of the same thing, right? I didn't learn about it. It, it certainly didn't learn about it at church, other than you ought to give more, you know, at budget time. <laughs> Never learned about it in school. As a matter of fact, of the 12 guys around the table that day, four of them had business degrees from uh, from well, I won't say the schools because it doesn't impugn the school to just the way it is. In other words, we aren't taught very much, almost any place, about money. But here's the, the interesting thing about money from Jesus' point of view. Of the 38 parables that Jesus taught, 16 of them dealt with money. In the scriptures, one in the New Testament particularly, one out of every 10 verses, that's 288 verses, deal directly with the subject of money. In the Bible, there are 500 verses about prayer. There are 500 verses about walking by faith. There are 2,000 verses about money and possessions. Actually, more, Jesus taught more about money and possessions and how to deal with them than he did heaven and hell put together. Wow. Billy Graham said this, Jesus talked a great deal about money and the problems it causes man. In fact, one-fifth of all Jesus had to say was about money. Now, if you were Satan, I know you're not, <laughs> maybe married, you know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just in a There's uh, a really loud leper in the... <laughs> if you were Satan and you wanted, and you couldn't take my life because I now uh, am, am under the protection of Jesus Christ, how would I mute or diminish or dissipate uh, your life? I'd do it with money. I'd take money and I would get you all screwed up about it and I would get you confused about it and never let the, 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 the cloud settle to understand that money can be a God thing or it can be a greed thing, Right? And here's the thing I've learned about money as I've learned taught the scripture. Money is almost 99% about heart. It's not about mathematics. It's about the condition of your heart. The heart then informs the head. The head then directs the hand. What we try to do is slap the hand, leave the head and the heart in the same condition. We call that shame and guilt, right? Mm. The hand reaches for something. No. And all of a sudden, now thing, you know, now we see things that, that should be good as things that are bad. So listen to this. I thought this was really a powerful statement out of the book of Proverbs. Some rich people are poor. Some poor people have great wealth. Really? Are you sure? Does this sound right? 
Didn't sound right to me until I've had the privilege in my adult life to do life with a lot of very wealthy people. And boy, howdy, I've seen wealthy people cry over the fact that their kids hate their guts. I've had wealthy men look at me and say, David, I'd give every dollar I own that my wife could ever respect me again. If I hadn't seen it, if I hadn't heard it, I've sat across the table from athletes who could buy and sell me 10 times, say I'd give anything to have the life you have. And when I read this, I get it, right? But somehow we think, God, you know, oh, some poor people, some you know, rich people, poor, some, well, that's sweet, but I like to try for myself. <laughs> right? It's like VH1, where are they now? The personal version, right? I know they screwed up, but I could handle it. <laughs> okay, let's just see what Jesus said about how much you can handle. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been, here's the word, underline it, circle it, tattoo it on your mother's forehead. <laughs> if you have not been what? Trustworthy and handling money, worldly wealth, possessions. Who in the world can trust you with the whole enchilada, the whole thing? Where you are taking your life, your time, your talent, your relationship, and your resources, and you are living at the highest levels of your humanity by the grace of God. Wouldn't that be just cool if we were living that way? Hmm. If we who follow Jesus Christ live that way, we could stop preaching. We could stop picketing. We could stop hating everyone we disagreed with and just freaking outlive them. <laughs> I love him. I do too. Jesus himself said, be harmless as doves and wise as, sermons, uh, wise as serpents. We have been half of that. Which half you get to choose. So what we're going to do in this series is help you understand the six things about money that once you get these kind of in your sights and they're not difficult, you'd be surprised at how easy and fundamental they are. You probably already have a lot of the pieces, but haven't put them all together yet. All right. I'm going to pause it for just okay. a minute. Big, huge point right here. Big one is whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And it's because it's a heart thing. It is a heart thing. It, a, it is all about that. It's not about how much money I have. Absolutely. It's about where's my heart when it relates to this stuff. Mm -hmm. I love that. I do too. I, you know, this, this is where it's like, but man, if I only had a lot more money, I would be more willing to give. You know, I, I, I'm looking for the... What about the widow who in, in the scripture who, who gave pennies? I mean, she, she gave what she had. Which was everything. Which, right. You know, it, it, most people in her situation would say, well, obviously God's going to understand that I take this little bit that I have, which is all I have, if I use that to take care of myself and to, to provide for my own needs. Because obviously, right. I, this is barely enough to provide for my own needs, let alone giving it away to somebody else. I, I can't do that. And, and God certainly would understand. And you know what? I believe God would understand that. I, I, I wouldn't have believed it two or three weeks ago. Right. But I believe God would understand that reasoning. God would understand. I don't, I, I don't think it would make him happy. I don't think it would make, make him 
pleased. I don't, but, but I think that he would understand. He's like, you know, okay, you don't trust me to provide for your every need that, you know, that, yeah. But, but you know what he, look at what Jesus says about the woman who gave away everything Everything. she owned Mm -hmm. and the people who mocked her because that was like, oh, that's nothing. It's like, dude, that's all she had. Right. You know, and here you come standing out there with your chest all puffed out and everything, you know, and, and here's the situation. There's all, there's so much, um, there's, there's so much to be learned from your own personal experience when it comes to money, because there have been many times in my faith where, you know, I know that when I make a lot of money, it's going to be much easier for me to give freely to, to other people's needs. And that's just not true. It's not true. Right. It is, it, there is no truth to that at all, because you know what? There, there have been times when I made almost nothing and, and to give that money was as painful as can be. And many times I only gave it out of obligation right? and out of guilt and shame if I didn't. You know, I remember one time um, we were living in the apartment. So it was in the first two years of our marriage and um, literally we're paying for gas with pennies. I'm literally... Yep, out of um, a big jar. Out of a big jar. I'll tell you, the gas station in Newport, Kentucky will only take $3 in pennies <laughs> for gas. Um, or they did in, yeah. you know, 96 or 97, whatever it was. And um, and we did. We we paid our off- offering and our, our tithe and offering out of obligation, but we wrote that check. Yeah. For the amount that whatever was 10% of what we were making at that time. And sometimes it was cheerfully, but... that was... No, but this month, this case that I'm thinking of was was not so cheerfully. Okay. And um, it it truly was was out of obligation. And that was on a Sunday. And on a Wednesday, we got a check in the mail from someone who just felt led to send us something. Right. You know, and um, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was for the same amount that our offering check was for. Is that right? I think so. And um, and so, I mean, we've been we've been on the end where we paid out an obligation and and he made our he met our needs. And now we're to the place where we can we not where we can, but we understand the difference between giving out of obligation and giving out of joy and and out of pure faith that God's going to take care of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's but, but but it's a different kind of giving. It is. I I think. But I want to I want to get back to what I was the point that I was Sorry. making is that um you know there have been times where it's it's you know where we've have very little money and I kept thinking to myself you know it, it'll be I I look forward to the day when I'm making so much money. Stephanie, we're making more money now than than I've ever made in my life. All right? And and, and I'm still Still to this day, I don't feel like we're earning as much as what I would. I think our family needs to really be right. able to to do the things that I feel like we're led to do, such as you know put away money for retirement and and pit, save for college. We still aren't doing that yet, right? But we're 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 doing pretty darn well right now. Yeah, I mean we we really are. God's blessings are just out of this world awesomeness, and it's still difficult. You know, well, not now. I I my God completely radically changed my heart like a week and a half ago. And in, in, in such a, I can't even explain to you how it's changed. Uh, well, I can and I will. And I'll, it'll take the next couple hundred episodes of this Actually, podcast. Actually, I think he shared his heart in episode 121 of About the Church. Yeah. But hey. So anyway, <laughs> the, the situation though is that I remember many times saying, well, if I only had more money, it'd be so much easier to give. It's like, no, you give now. 
And and so not too long ago, earlier this year, maybe two months ago, uh, we got a check in the mail for twelve thousand dollars. We did as a gift as a gift from someone, someone who just gave a gift out of the kindness of their heart, donated ten or twelve thousand dollars to what we're doing with GSPN. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, seriously. And and God's like he's and 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 I remember that week I was just really struggling mm-hmm. with how much I'm working 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 and and it, and it happens to be about the amount of money that our business brings in on average right now right and he's like listen you worked around the clock you did this you did that you're you're working yourself silly and, and I, I did this <laughs> and I just wanted to show you what I could do with just one envelope stick, sitting right. in your mailbox yeah. And and and, and at, you know and, and I was talking to you know with Eric Fisher this morning we were we were talking about the fact that we were going to talk about money and about the church and I, I was saying you know you know so I remember there would have been a time where you know some of the initial thoughts would have been less like I man I wonder if this will ever happen again I wonder if God will continue to send gifts like this and and I wonder if this person would it, that didn't even cross my mind right it didn't even cross my mind immediately the very first thought that I had was this. God, I look forward to the day when I will be able to see somebody who's working hard, who's doing something worthy and making a difference in people's lives and that I can sit down and write a check for $12,000. I look forward to that day. As do I. And you know what Jesus says to me? He says, "Though whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with very mu- with, with much. Whoever is dishonest with little is dishonest with much. And, and, and this verse wasn't necessarily word for word on my mind, but God's like, yeah, well, why don't you do something with that $12,000, Cliff? Show me how much you trust me. Yeah. Because Show isn't there me. another parable about the guy who buried the money? And yeah. He said, show me. And immediately I started to look for ways where I could pay forward. Right. You know, and, and I, I hired a friend to do a job for me. And he says, yeah, I'll do this for you for $500. And I says, you're hired, but only if you let me pay you $1,000. You know, it's like, seriously, dude, let, I, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to do this. And, and I'm looking, you know, and, and with, with just this, I, I don't want to go on with things right, that God's right. been calling me to do and the things where I've, I've been, but man, I am so thankful to be freed to, to trust in God for our every need. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's what it is. It's a, it's, it's, and I love what he says. It's like, it's 99% about the heart 99. and God, God did something in my heart about a week and a half ago. And it wasn't just one area of my life. God did something in my heart that just radically, completely blew me out of the water. Mm-hmm. And it has everything to do with everything in life and, and its awesomeness. So, so if you think that there's one day when you think, oh, it's going to, I'm going to, when I have a, plenty of money, I'll give it. Why don't you, why don't, why don't we give put our, you know, and, and don't do it. Don't do it because you feel guilty because Cliff and Stephanie said, you. no, forget that. You know, you tell us to shut up. We don't mean nothing. <laughs> I'm serious. And I, I'm serious. We, yeah, right. We don't. You know, and, and, and if your pastor's telling you, right. you need to trust God and give us more, tell them to shut up. Seriously. Right. You know what? The only people you need to listen to or the only person you need to listen to is, is God. God. So you probably do need to shut up. Don't tell you him to shut up. To, no, I said you need to shut up. You, oh. it's, be still yes. and know that I am God. And I think that we are in a place where I still struggle with the being still, but I totally get the I am God part. Mm-hmm. Not me, him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving forward. Understand these things about money and you're good to go. There are six things. One, you got to understand it. 
That's what we're going to talk about today. Understand what money is, understand what money isn't. What we don't understand or seek to understand, we tend to treat either too lightly or grab after too greedily. Mm. Now that's worth tweeting right there. I did tweet it. <laughs> Will someone tweet that? We did. I'll say it again because I have it written down. Say it again, Dave. <laughs> yes, I actually prepared. You just think I do this off the top of my head. Now, what we don't understand or seek to understand, we treat too lightly or grab after too greedily. So let's understand it. Second, you got to earn it. You got to earn money. Third, you got to give it. That's where the high octane living becomes. When you understand that generosity is the overflow, mm. the effervescence, where, where you just you're just giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and God and God just pouring in. You're giving it out and God's pouring it in. You know what they call a this. This pond is so good. that or a stream that has water in but no water out? We call that stagnant water, right? You see, you're at one of three places in your life right now. You're either stagnant, you are in decline, which means you're dying, or you're growing. Mm, thank you, God. You get to choose which one it is. Third or fourth, you need to spend it, understand it, earn it. We're going to talk about that next week. I can't wait. I've already finished that talk. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Bible says, he that tooteth not his own horn, the same shall not be tooted. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's in there. Hesitation 316. <laughs> understand it, earn it, spend it, invest it. And then you got to manage it. Mm. We're going to be talking about how fundamentally to do all of those things. Now, let's start at the first one. Understand it. Let's understand, first of all, the three things money can never do. Let's just get those fundamentally understood and settle in our hearts and live life and, and, and go on with it, right? Go from money 101 to kind of life 401. There are three things money can never do. One, it can never, 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 never fill up the hole that's in your heart. Amen. Listen to this, Luke 12, this is Jesus. Beware, don't always be wishing for what you don't have. For real life and real living are not related, remotely related to how rich you are. Please get that in your soul. This is not about money. Money is a resource. It is not a source. When you understand that and keep that order correctly, you're good to go. Just a minute, you think that money is the source of your joy, your happiness, or your influence. You are screwed and tattooed. <laughs> He's awesome. Uh. I see. Okay? I mean, come on now. This is really important stuff. <laughs> it will not fill up what's lacking in your soul and your heart. Uh -huh. Only Jesus can do that. Your creator, your recreator, your redeemer can do that. He loves you as you are, not as you ought to be. What a great day when you wake up and say, God, I love you. I let you into my heart and my life. I submit to your love and to your grace, to your providence and to your goodwill. Amen. Amen. I have to stop it there. He, he loves, loves you, you as for, you... At, what is, for who you are, not for who... You ought to be. You ought to be. He, and that is the message that God has clearly, clearly used to change my heart and my life. If you guys haven't done this yet, I know... I mean, it, 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 it is so freeing to know that. I mean, you, you go, you, you sing the hymn, you know, just as you are. 
But I but don't that's think you actually you, leave you, believing that. Well, no, no, you, I believe you do. do. This is, remember when God talks about come back to your first love. Remember when you first gave your life to Christ? You did believe that. Yeah, I was scared to death. Well, hold um, on, but you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. I remember, I, I did have that joy. I did have that freedom. And it wasn't until the church screwed me up that I quit believing it. <laughs> I started churchism <laughs> And and I didn't mean for the first time you sing it. I I meant like the no, you but know, that's what I thought. It's that, like ju- you know, just yeah. as I am without one plea. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's you know what you get one deal at this. It's a one time shot. It's, it's you one-time. know, Jesus Christ died on the cross. You know, and and boom, you become saved. You are you are freely forgiven from everything. But you better be good from now on because this is what good Christians do. And this is how you earn God's favor. And you got to do this and you got to do this. You can't earn what's freely given. And, well, and so, and I, and, but I love that he loves you as you are and not as you should who, who be. you ought to be. Yeah. Right. Moving forward. Yeah. Amen. Money will <laughs> Amen. never fill up the Thanks, hole in David. your heart. Remember this. Money is a great servant. It is a treacherous terrible master oh i love that second Mm -hmm. money will not satisfy your hunger for more nope all Mm -hmm. of us were born with a hunger we're hungry the only people among us who are not hungry are dead Hunger is not a bad thing hunger is a good thing wanting more stuff is just not enough wanting, right? What? I if don't you get want that more stuff in order to leverage your calling in life, that's one thing. Okay. But just more and more and more and more, money will not fill up the hunger. The hunger is put there by God. It was created by God. We are restless until we find our rest in thee, St. Augustine said. There is a God-shaped vacuum. There is a hole God created in our heart. He fills it, and then through that, he fulfills our own purpose and calling in life. Yep. Money by itself cannot do that. Money can buy a bed, but it cannot buy sleep. Money can buy brains, but it can't buy wisdom. Mm. Food can buy food, but not an appetite. A house, but not a home. A bed, but not sleep. Medicine, but not true health. Entertainment, but not real happiness. Companionship, but not friendship. It can buy religion. It can buy a cross, but not a savior. Money is a good thing, but it is not a God thing. Only God can fill up the hunger in your soul. So what can't money do? Money can't satisfy the hunger in your heart. And money can't fill up the hole in your heart. Here's a third thing money can't do money can't keep you safe i I gotta stop right here folks i i I have to say listen to this point because me as the husband as the provider of my family this is what i turn to money for Mm -hmm. this is where money has become my god it isn't so i could fill an empty heart um although i'm sure there have been many times that it has you know this need for more and and all this other stuff um but but for me this is where money has become my god you know because i looked to money to make us safe i looked to money in the bank account with emergency funds to to make sure that i'm able to provide if things happen 
you know, and, and this is where it's like, you know what, if, if only I could have, you know, this amount of money, you know, I, I want to have, I, I want to have a thousand dollars in the savings account. Well, now that that's happened now, I don't, that's not enough. I, I want to have 10,000 in the savings account. You know, it, it, it's like, keep that in mind. Money cannot I, make you safe. I have looked way too long in my life to money to keep me safe, to keep me, to keep my family, to keep us safe from the storms that are coming. And there's one other important thing as I let this play through. You have to understand that in Nashville, Tennessee, last year, they had massive, massive floods. floods. Massive floods. Devastation. Devastating yeah. flood. Completely wiped out most of Nashville. Yeah. All right. And, and I'm not just over-exaggerating. I'm telling yeah. you, I watched it on the news. Nashville floated down the river. <laughs> it was crazy. And, and so keep this in mind. When you hear him talk about the storms, he's talking to a congregation. A, a from body, Nashville. The, he's talking to the people whose, lo, whose houses floated down the river. All right. In a van down by the river. <laughs> anyway, so George listen Frank. to this. From the storm. Now, I just want to say this, and we should be able to go on, but I do want to say it, and I want to be heard. It will rain in Nashville Again. Can I hear just one half a hallelujah? Just half. It's going to rain again, boys and girls. Trust me. Have you ever heard people selling and peddling financial freedom? Financial freedom is, or excuse me, financial independence. Financial independence is a myth people use by people trying to sell you something. Financial freedom, on the other hand, is the goal. To be able to take resources and use them, but not be owned by them. Because, listen, there's not enough money in the whole world to keep you safe when it rains. And rains and rains and rains and rains and rains. Right? I mean, some big homes got destroyed. A mall got destroyed. We can't even open that sucker back up. I mean, it's intimidating, isn't it? It's sobering to realize, you know where the water goes? The water goes where the water goes. You can say, don't come here. I have a PhD. And the water says, <laughs> I don't care. Don't come here. It's never flooded over in this part of Nashville. <laughs> I don't care. Money's not, water is like money. It's not mad. It just don't care. Right? It just goes where it goes. Are you with me? James said this, today and tomorrow, some people say we'll go to this city and that city and we'll carry on business and make money. Why, why do you know you're, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow? Now, that's an intimidating verse, isn't it? Mm-hmm. On, some, on one hand, people have taken that to say, well, you know what? The Bible says right there, I should just be lazy as dirt because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't say that at all. It just simply says that every day I get up and I embrace and savor the day is the gift of God. Amen? Mm. This is the present. This is the moment. I'm not going to waste it waiting for another day. I'll do something tomorrow. I'm going to make something of my life now. As I am where I am on the conditions I'm living. Because I know that at all times I have the four divine resources. Right? Time, talent, relationship, and resources, or money. Money can't fill up the hole in your heart. It can't provide financial independence or financial 
security. Now, let's understand what it can do. All right? This is the good stuff. First of all, this is what you need to understand about money. Stuff. If you don't understand anything else today, money is all moral. If you think money, just having money is bad, give it to us. We know what to do with it. It's not against our religion. I love that. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what the scriptures teach. The scriptures do not say that for the love of money is the root of all evil. You could plug and play a lot of things. For the love of apple pie mm. is a root of all kinds <laughs> that of evil. Sounds good. <laughs> no? Okay. For the, lo- for the love of fishing boats. <laughs> now I'm preaching, now I'm getting close to home, aren't I? I mean, you can put any good thing, take it out of, exp- out of its place and extort it beyond its importance, plug it into that, and you could put a lot of things there, couldn't you? We all know that. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. In other words, here's what we find right here, that money is profoundly a spiritual issue. It is not a mathematical issue. When your heart is right, your heart informs your head and your head directs your hand. I love that. I agree with Dave Ramsey, that great theologian who says that 95% of all money problems are heart problems, not math problems. Amen. Mm. Let's get that straight. Our love and our affection, our devotion be, should be directed toward our lover, our creator, our papa, our redeemer God, not the resources. Again, one master donor, one source, many resources, right? Okay, whatever. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Money is our moral. Let's stop making it God and let's stop demonizing it. Either one is wrong, amen? Second part, money is neutral. Now this gets a little harder from my background. I was raised in a very... Nice home, very simple home. You would call us lower. I didn't know at the time. Have, have you? Some of you raised poor and you didn't know it. <laughs> I'm not saying I was raised poor, but we were raised like low, lower blue collar type thing. We didn't know. We ate and had TV and what else is it, right? So we didn't. I never. But the people who lived over in Norris Court, these were the wealthy people. I used to deliver papers in Norris Court. And then I have to go down Front Street. Oh my gosh, these people were loaded. And here's what my little Baptist brain deduced. People who live on Columbia Avenue are kind of, you know, worker bees. Kind of the average, you know, Joe. But people who live on Front Street, a Norris Court, these are smart people. These are smarter people. People on Columbia Avenue go to trade school. People in Norse Court go to state school. People in Front Street go to private school. I've told this before, but this is true. On senior day at my church, that's the day when you had graduate and you have to get up and tell what you're going to do. A girl, the girl, two ahead of me, says, I'm going to Vanderbilt on a full ride. That's a scholarship, by the way, if you didn't know. 
Some of the best waiters and waitresses I have ever had in Nashville have graduated from Vanderbilt. Thank you, Vanderbilt. God bless you. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Hold on. Let me see if I can stop. <laughs> What's up? Well, no, I just want to, he uses that in like everyday conversation. I know. Like he said that to us while we were down there. Yep. And then we were listening to the thing in the way, on the way home and I was like, he just said that to me. He I know. Just, it was funny. I'm That's sorry. good stuff. I that to you. You're not Nashville. You don't, you don't get it. Uh, and, and so and then the, the guy in front of me, true story, he's an attorney today. He's an attorney back in my hometown. He says, I'm going to Harvard. No, I mean, you think I'm making this stuff up. I'm going to Harvard. I got up and said, I'm going to work. <laughs> Everybody thought that was cute except my parents. <laughs> but I went to trade school. They, you know, so Columbia, we go to trade school. Now, ultimately, when Christ came into my life, my life changed, and I went to college, graduate school, and earned a doctorate degree. Ten years of academic life because now I want something different. Because I'm smarter because the expectations of my life change. Now, I'm saying that anything wrong with trade school, amen, I love being a tool and die maker. It paid, it got me through college and seminary debt-free. Nice. So, yay God, all for it. I'm just simply saying that we have this idea that people who live in nicer houses, have more degrees, are smarter, they get the money, right? We think money, we think money cares about a degree. We think money cares about your pedigree, Right? You think money cares about your history and your background. It doesn't care. It doesn't care how smart you are. Some, uh, most of, most of America's billionaires quit college. Didn't go to college. I was just reading an article the other day on the uh, family that started Hobby Lobby. Founder didn't go to college. His son and daughter, who are now running the company, went to college a year and quit. Well, am I anti-college? Yes. If you think that's your ticket to the good life, I am. But if you're going to go and learn and you're hungry to know and embrace life in its fullest, yay, go. But if you have to go into debt to go to college, don't go to college. Mm. Go to work. I like that. I do too. Dave, that was awesome, buddy. You're the man. It was awesome. <laughs> it was. You may not like my way, but I tell you what, I got three grown daughters. One more payment, and all of them are through college debt-free. That's awesome. I'm just saying. Money is neutral. Education is a great thing, but it's not an attraction for money. Money is moving. This is good. I Remember love this part. a year or two ago when all the crisis came and, the, and the, the government pumped in billions and billions and billions of dollars in the economy? And you can have an opinion about that if you want to, but one thing they understood and all economists understood is the economy has to move or it collapses because money moves. Now, 3,000 years ago, the Bible, you know, that archaic, out-of-date book you can't trust, 3,000 years ago, the Bible says this, cast a glance at riches. They are gone, for they surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. What was true 3,000 years ago is still true today. There is, for most of us, more month at the end of our money. My favorite phrase ever. Oftentimes. And you know what? That's not the way any of us want to live. And we have to live and ought to live and ought to tolerate any more. 
Amen? Amen. We shouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck. This is not God's will, and it's not necessary. If you will, moneyology with me. Ology, learn, study. We can win at life with money. Money is moving. It is not stagnant. There's a, there's a, a phrase in the New Testament in the King James. I'm going to use it out of context. Won't be the first, will I? Take the scriptures and stretch it to mean what I want it to mean. But it's a little idiom, it's a phrase, and it's not translated over into any other translation other than King James, and it says this, and it came to pass. Now, when that's applied to mother-in-laws, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> I don't mean like pass away. What's wrong with you people? I mean, you know, it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. It's just passing through. It's just waving from a distance, right? It didn't come... To stay, it came to pass. You know, things are move, constantly moving. That's what I said. You were either stagnant and decline or growing. You make the choice. You, it is always a personal choice. And I just want to say here, th- this is the one thing that God's... I remember hearing this kind of thought about money being moving mm-hmm. and being right. flowing and the whole idea of a stagnant stream. Mm-hmm. I remember it, hearing that the, for the very first time, that principle and that thought for the very first time when we heard this on the way home. Right. Since then, I've seen it for what it is. It's real. It is. It's absolutely real. real. I mean, I look at that gift of $12,000 and I see how it came and how it's flowed through and how what I've done with that money instead of trying to hold it on and hoard it and saying, oh, I'm going to tuck this away just in case one day I don't earn any money. Which, which was your first, which was what? your first instinct because I, you I'm didn't cash lie. it for like, we no, not that you cash it, but deposit it into the bank account for. Do, that, do you want to know why I didn't cash it in the several bank account? Weeks. Do you know why? Why I didn't? I, there was a reason why I did that, okay. and it had nothing to do with with being afraid of you know whatever. Or holding you're afraid he was going to take it back? No, no, not at all. <laughs> the reason I did it is because I I felt so thankful to God okay. for the fact that we were not in a place where I felt like I had to go immediately deposit it. Okay. I was I, I, every day that that check sat there on my desk was me saying, "God, thank you for the fact that you have blessed me beyond what I need." Absolutely. And that's okay. why I waited that long. All right. And I and, and I pray I praised God for that check every single day. And then eventually, I said, "You know what? If I don't go cash this thing, it might not be good anymore." <laughs> right. Not. That, I mean, not that he. But you yeah. know, sometimes checks can expire and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like. I, or that it gets lost, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, can you send me another dollar check?" <laughs> you did accidentally throw away a sponsorship sponsorship check one yeah, time. Yeah, remember? Mardell, and you were like digging through the garbage. Yep. I don't know what I did with it. But no, seriously though, um, this flowing money. You know, the idea of I believe in saving. I believe in the emergency fund. I still want to get three to six months of our income right. put into our savings account, uh, and 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 keep that mm-hmm. you know there for a rainy day. But I don't I don't want to get fifty thousand dollars. I don't want to get one hundred and eighty thousand right. dollars stuck right. in there before I start just I, 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 even before we get to the three to six months. Like what? I, I don't want to go into things that we've done. I know. And, I know. But I, we I, have we have used that money in ways to serve other people yes. recently. We're not just. And, yeah. and what, what I see is that as we give, as it's come in and we've had it, let it flow out, new, fresh Absolutely. money flows in right i'm just i it, just it it is a it is a flowing stream absolutely. i wanted to say that this was the first time that i heard this mm-hmm. 
And I've since seen, seen it, it as a reality. Right. And I'm praying that I don't forget this. And that's why I wanted to come here and bring this series because I, I just want to I just want to get it on record anyway. And and I, it's not until I teach it that I really start saying, you know what? I've, I've got to live up to it now. Right. I've, I've taught it. <laughs> so here we go. Money cannot fill up the hole of my heart. It cannot. It cannot satisfy the hunger of my soul. And it cannot secure my future. Are you with me? Yep. Mm-hmm. I understand that it is neutral, that it is moving, that it is amoral. It's neither good nor bad. It is what happens in my heart is what determines whether or not the resources God has put in my life are either blessings or burdens. <laughs> what? I don't know what's going on there. Okay, who did that? Oh, I guess that's somebody else. It must be a some yeah. picture on the screen. Oh, is that like? Yeah, I have no idea. Wow. All right. Do you think you can? There you go. But if you go back uh, to what well, he was saying not. before the distraction, that for me to finish? he said, "It's the difference between whether it's a." blessing or a burden whether that resource of money yes is a blessing or a burden yep and and i can i completely agree with that mm-hmm. i mean so anyway yeah. i've lived with it both ways and i much prefer a blessing the blessing well we have seven minutes left and let's go ahead and uh eight, almost eight minutes left so let's go ahead and do that all right money is moving money is choice How much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver? Money is choice. Money gives you choices. It doesn't give you the character or the integrity to make them. Only God can do that. And and, uh, two more. Money is option. That's the great thing about money. Money is an option. It gives me... The ability to have greater expectations for my life. I hear people constantly who are talking about how bad their lives are simply because they feel like they have no option. Well, I'm 60 years old and I can't start over again. Yes, you can. Well, I've been divorced and I'll never be happy again. Yes, you can. Just because, listen to me, just because you have messed up in the past, just because you've wasted money in the past, just because you have wasted opportunity in the past, doesn't mean that you can't wake up smarter and better and redeem all of those decisions. Mm -hmm. Yes? Yes. So you have options. You have more options. To, and money can provide those options for you, but not the integrity or the character to make them. Not the wisdom. Understand, it's a heart issue. Have you ever heard anyone say, knowledge is power? <laughs> I hear that at universities and places and, and commencement speeches. And every, I look around at people and they just go, yeah, 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 that's, that's right, that's, that's, good, that's good, that's good. I remember that, that knowledge. That is a lie from the pit of you know where. Knowledge is potential power. Wisdom is power. That's what the scriptures teach. That all of you are getting get wisdom. Because God knows what we know, what we still know today, and that is the heart determines the head and the head directs the hand. 
If you want the hand, what you do to change, you change the way you think. To change the way you think is to change the way you are. And that happens in your heart. Money is option. Money is choice. And lastly, here's the great thing about money. Money is leverage. Money is leverage. Money is the ability to create a life, to make something of your life that will last long after you're dead and gone. Amen? Amen. I've given my life to the church of Jesus Christ, and I have given, I don't know how much money over the years to build churches and church buildings. On the other side of town, I was a part of a process where we bought 280 acres and created this beautiful campus. And every time I fly over it, I just smile. I just say, you know what? I pushed that first rock. Now, an awful lot of other people made it happen, but I was there first. I was there when it was inhabited by foxes and scorpions and snakes and alligators. and Oh, my. <laughs> I pulled up a picture the other day. I don't know how many years ago. It has to be, you know, 15, 16 years old or maybe more of us, of us, of Paula and our three girls going out there and having a picnic on the old road. What are you doing with your life? What are you contributing? What are you making of your life that you know that's going to live long after you? Amen. There's a church over in Fordsville, Kentucky, my first church. Someone came up at the first service and says, I live just right across the river. There's a church over in Greenville, Tennessee, where we built a beautiful building, and in Memphis, Tennessee, where we built a beautiful building, and we've invested in lives. And you know what? I have, I have things that I've put in my life that are going to live long after me. Money is leverage. You don't want to be forgotten, do you? Do you want to be remembered as a debit on a card? Or a debt written off? Or do you want me to remember it as a man or a woman of, of, of God who understood the foundation and fundamentals of how to win at life with the God-given resources that God would pour graciously into your life? And so I want to answer this question, two questions, and we'll go. One, given how you have behaved in the last year, behaved, hand, Okay, because that's all we can judge from a physical point. Given how you have behaved with resources in the last year, why should God give you any more mm. this year? I you guys said, not my, not my call. You shouldn't. Here's the second question to ponder. Given what you've heard, though this has been brief, given what you've heard today, ask yourself this question. Am I, in my heart, mind, and soul, my heart, head, and hand, am I in alignment with the fundamental foundational truths I've heard taught from God's word today? And if there is, mis one of the great things about hearing what you've heard today and embracing it, you ought to get the CD, you ought to take it with you, you ought to give it away, you ought to listen to it, get the outline, download it, find it, research it deal with it in your small group. Here's the great thing about hearing what you've heard today. You have now something against which to make a judgment in your own life. And if there's misalignment, then guess what you can do? You can make another choice. Amen? You can enter your life in a different way.
You can back up and say, okay, I'm going to start this brand new year, not doing the same old things, expecting the same old result, right? I'm going to live differently because I'm going to think, believe differently, and I'm going to think differently, and then I'm going to act differently. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. All right. Well, there you go. Well, I, I love that. And, you know, I'm, if you think about over the last year, which is what he says, God shouldn't give us any more. Well, I, you know, I don't know. But over the last I mean, two that, months, that, three months, you yeah. know, um, if we listen to this again next year, and, th- and then I think, you know, I would be able to say, yeah, I do believe I did what God called me to do with, with the resources that he provided. But um, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. It goes, it goes back to that early uh, I am in line. Where it says, "He who can be trusted with very little." What I mean, in 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 what is very little, it doesn't matter. What where where are we? In he who can be trusted with what he has now, mm-hmm. will will be trust can be trusted with far far more. far far more. Mm-hmm. Right. And the question is, are we being trustworthy today? Today, yes. And I think that I think that we are in a place where we are, and and I see God really radically changing our hearts in absolutely this matter. absolutely i think that for the first time in my life not only do my heart head and hand are in alignment but that i understand the importance of it yes you know what i mean i do understand what you mean my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the About the Church podcast. We'll be back soon with more. I promise you that. Uh, you know, provided God allows us to come back and give you more. Uh, but we want to say thank you for tuning in. You can find show notes at atcpodcast.com. Look for episode number 122. If you want to go ahead and jump ahead and go ahead and listen to the rest of this series on your own, go to gspn.tv forward slash moneyology. It's just money. Ology. gspn.tv forward slash moneyology will take you to the original recordings from David Foster's site. Um, yeah, awesome stuff that God's doing. It is. Anyway, folks, thank you for tuning in. Stephanie, I love doing this show with you. It was fun. It was great. We'll be back with more. Until next time, my friends, we encourage you to join, join the community. community.